And we are live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Smart Women Connect with myself, Virginia, and Sarah. We are going to be chatting today about fairly controversial subjects, belly fat, and I'm using the word fat. You know, it's not politically correct, and I'm not supposed to use the word, but let's just face it. Either your body has fat on it, or it doesn't have fat on it. So why change the words up? and hide it and pretend that you like it and it's okay when really deep down inside your head you absolutely hate it. Belly fat is something that bothers most people to be honest and it's certainly something that becomes much much more difficult to tackle as you get older. Now I'm going to cough so I'm going to let Sarah just take this on from here. (laughs) Yeah I mean for sure this is probably the number one issue that I hear from women when I ask them you know why why are you interested in exercise what's your number one challenge at the moment with fitness um your health what are your goals nine times out of ten it relates to tummy fat who um you know I'm retaining weight around my midsection I can't get rid of it I'm gaining weight around my midsection I'm trying everything I'm you know I'm going at it with the hip workouts and I'm eating well and I'm, you know, I, I can't do any more and it won't shift. It's a huge frustration for men and women, but I'm talking specifically about women because that's where my knowledge base lies and mm-hmm. where my audience are. But once we hit sort of age 35 and we we move past that, that, that kind of threshold into our 40s and 50s, it, it, it happens, you know, and we start to gain weight around our midsection. So many of us do. And there's many reasons for that. And it becomes frustrating because if that had happened to you in your 20s, if you were, you know, going out, not getting much sleep, drinking, um, eating takeout, you know, doing all the things that we do when we're younger, and we decided, oh gosh, you know, I've put on a few pounds, then we'd clean up our diet a little bit, exercise a bit more, and off it would go. But now, in in our 40s 50s and beyond that doesn't shift as easily at all mm. it it seems to stick around the midsection yeah. and whatever we were doing in our 20s does not work in our 40s and beyond it just doesn't would you agree with that virginia oh i've i've got to agree with it because as somebody who has been fit their entire life i hear all the time i hear people saying things about oh as you get older you can get fitter at bloody blah as you get older yes you can get fitter but you cannot change you can't change your body you cannot change the aging process you cannot change what happens to you and your hormone levels will change and it's not just women it's men too and, you know, whenever I was in, and, and this is this is an interesting thing, and you've, you will very much notice that there's different kinds of fat. There's your overeating fat, and then there's the stress-induced fat. And this was something that I used to recognise an awful lot whenever I was a lawyer, and when I, whenever I was in the office, and I would spot the men. And I'd be looking at the men, so let's just set the women to the side for a second, but I'd be looking at the men, and I'd be thinking, that's not a beer belly, that's a stress belly. And I think that this is something that people need to be very, very conscious of with that belly fat. Is the belly fat isolated? Is it is your or is your fat isolated? Do you find that your legs are quite trim and your thighs are not too bad and your backside's not too bad? 
but you've got the belly. And what is that in the belly? Is that an actual fat belly? Is it what you call the midlife spread? And what exactly is the midlife spread? Is that the hormonal thing? Are we looking at stress? And another one that I'm going to point out, and the reason I'm going to point this out is because this is the one that I was victim to. Um, I was uh, getting ready to do a figure competition whenever I was 40. Um, so no, sorry, it was eight, I, I was 40 and I just had my, my third baby and I was doing a figure competition. And no matter how much I dieted and no matter how hard I exercised, I was very conscious of the fact that I had a very slightly bulbous belly. And I couldn't for the life of me get rid of this belly. And I stood on the stage to do the competition and I should have been super proud of myself. But the only thing that I could think of was the fact that I had distended abs. And what I actually had, and this is something that I find with so many women, and not just women, but also older men who have been fit when they've been younger and then kind of let themselves go, it's called diastasis recti. And what it is, it's a separation of the ab muscles. And that can happen with childbirth. It can happen with exertion. So if you've got your young men, for example, who are super fit, they're playing rugby, American football, they're lifting in the gym, the testosterone's going, they can damage their abs. And I think one of the things they won't notice is they won't actually notice that until they get older and the muscle starts to go and they get a little bit of belly fat that comes with the stress and the overeating and all of a sudden they realize that something's not right. And no matter how hard they work their way through all of this, they find that they've still got those distended abs. Anyway, we're talking about all of the reasons. You guys want some of our tips on how we actually go about getting rid of this for people. So back to Sarah, on you go, let's start sharing some of our magic tips. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, there are many reasons for it. Hormonal is one. And I like what you said about the fact we can't reverse the aging process and neither should we want to. You know, we're in a privileged position to be to be aging and to moving forwards um, with our lives. Um, it's not just hormonal. I think that when we hit this life stage, we're just naturally less active because, you know, we're uh, a parent possibly, we're um, a daughter, a sister, you know, we are being pulled in so many different directions and having so many different um, pressures put upon us. And that causes the stress as well. Yeah. So it's not simply a case of you need to exercise more and eat a healthier diet. It's not that straightforward. It's also not a case that you've done anything wrong, that, you know, you're a failure, that none of that, yeah. none of that. It is simply sometimes just a lack of understanding that I'll confess, I had no idea about any of this in my 30s, um, sort of in my early 30s. Um, it, it's just we're not taught any of this. We're not taught an awful lot about the aging process, certainly perimenopause and menopause. No one tells us about any of this stuff. We just go and look for the answers ourselves. And after the event, because <laughs> we're all in denial. In a panic. Can yeah. happen to me? I'm in denial. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, this is a similar thing. So I don't want anyone beating themselves up 
about being in this particular situation because it's not something that we necessarily know about. So going back to talk about what we can do about it, and I hinted at this before, people coming to me saying, but I am, you know, I'm going for it, I'm killing myself in the gym, I'm doing all these HIIT workouts and this, 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 and you know, everything else is nice and toned, but my tummy, what is going on? So the first piece of advice I would give you is we need to get smarter with our workouts. We need to exercise smarter. So, you know, all that kind of pushing your body to its limit may have worked in your 20s and 30s. It doesn't necessarily work now because exercise in itself is a stress on the body, of course. And if we take it too far, if we're already dealing with stress in our lives, being pulled in so many different directions, you know, just general life stress, then if you go too far with your exercise, that creates an additional stress. And the body's response to that, it goes into that fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. and it retains fat to protect you. It retains fat around the midsection for a reason. It's to protect your internal organs. The body is very, very clever. So you need to exercise smarter. So during your week, instead of running every single day or doing HIIT workouts every single day, or, you know, thinking that you've got to go, go, go in order to lose that tummy fat, just think about how much stress you're putting the body under. You may be far better placed doing shorter workouts that are as, that aren't as high intensity Um, than doing those hour-long workouts. Everyone thinks they need to do more and more and more. Actually, sometimes that can have a counterproductive effect and we need to do less. So yes, for fat burning, we need to get the heart rate up. We need to do the cardio. But it's also important that you're getting the right balance of your exercise. So you would also need to be thinking about strength training. So increasing your muscle mass, because if you can do that, and of course, once we hit, you know, post age 35, our muscle mass starts to decline, ladies. Um, And guys. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'm talking specifically about women, something about hormones. Um, But the muscle mass starts to decline. And so our metabolism goes along with it. So if we can increase the muscle mass, that helps to increase your metabolism and it will help to burn that fat a little bit quicker. So yes, get the right balance of cardio for the fat burning. Make sure you're doing strength training to increase your muscle mass, which, you know, we want to be strong anyway, but that helps the metabolism. And the third thing that we need to think about is making sure that we're doing restorative work. So things like yoga, stretching, meditation, any form of relaxation, which can involve moving your body, a nice stroll, anything that helps you to relax is also really important because we need to bring the stress levels down. Because if the stress levels are up through the ceiling and, you know, keep spiking all the time, the the cortisol level in the body, the, the stress hormone never really comes back down. And so the body stays in that fight or flight and it holds on to that fat around the midsection. So those are the three tips I would give for exercise specifically uh, in relation to retaining weight or gaining weight around your midsection. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to add to what you were saying about the exercise. So I regularly have conversations with the women who are in my um, 
membership. Uh, excuse me, just a second. I'm just going to mute you just for two seconds. And this is where, you know, we see it so much between the two of us in our own communities. So we know that this is an issue. Yeah, no, we, we get to chat. So I'll, I'll put out workouts. Now, my workouts are hard. They are hard, but they're short. And they all start around about four to six minutes. Now, you hear that? My workouts are about four to six minutes. I can be dead in four to six minutes because I will just go and I'll pick myself up a ridiculously heavy weight and I will blast it out. I can do that on a couple of different muscle groups over the course of the week and retain minimal body fat. So my body fat is low. Um, it tends to be low. I do not run. I do not run. Do you hear that? I do not run. I hate running. I'll do sprinting and I'll do short sprints so that I'm totally out of breath, but I do not go for big long runs. So I'll, I will speak to the women in my community and they'll say, oh, um, am my muscles looking good? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely building it, but I'm conscious that they're not building it as quickly as they want to build it. So they'll then do weights and I did two or three rounds of a 20-minute workout that I've posted. And I'm like, well, if you've done two or three rounds of it, you've done way too much. So what you're actually doing is you're eating at your muscle mass. So as Sarah said earlier on, your body hangs on to the fat because the fat is the fuel. It's what your body wants to burn to give you the energy. So if you're doing too much exercise, it's going to hold on to the fat and it's going to eat at the muscle. And that's exactly what happens. So you go out there thinking that you're getting stronger, thinking that you're getting muscle, and actually you're not. You'll touch your muscles and your muscles will be soft and you'll notice the belly and you'll think to yourself, why is this so hard? Why can I not make these changes? You can make the changes. You just have to change the way that you're working out. So too much exercise is counterproductive. So I'm going to say the exact same thing as Sarah said there. You want to be exercising less, but it needs to be efficient and effective. It needs to have the mobility element in it. And as you get older, it's the weight. The weight-bearing stuff will help with the muscle and it will also help with your bone density. And bone density is so important for women because as we age, the estrogen levels in our body will reduce and that has a knock-on effect on your bone mass. So super important that you get the weights in there and lift as heavy as you can weight, obviously being as, as heavy as you can lift, obviously being careful not to use, uh, to injure yourself. So you'll start out and you'll just get more and more comfortable with the weights. I always use a belt because I did have diastasis recti. I did have the separation of the muscles. I will never lift a heavy weight now without having a belt around about my waist to protect it. So exercising, short, efficient, effective mobility, absolutely get weight in there. The next thing for me is water. Water is super important. And you should be drinking at least, and, and I mean at least a gallon of water a day. The body um, is not able to retain water to quite the extent that it did when you were younger, as you get older. So you need to make sure that you are drinking plenty of water and that you're drinking it regularly throughout the day. 
And the other one for me is sleep. Your body recovers when you sleep. If you're not sleeping, you're stressing your body out, it's not recovering, and the knock-on effect in that, again, is going to be your belly fat. So these are super tips, super like easy tips, and not once have you heard either one of us talk diet. Not once. Neither one of us has talked diet. We will talk diet, but we've given you our top tips, and those top tips are not diet-based. Mm. They're lifestyle change-based. I think this this has got to be music to your ears. I mean, you know, you don't have to work out for as long. You need to get more sleep. Who doesn't want more sleep? Um, you you need to reduce your stress levels. You need to just be generally more efficient. And of course, you know, increasing your muscle mass, weights are fantastic, but you can also choose to do body weight training. There's, you know, there's other things that you can do as well. And for cardio, it's not just running. So many people, you know, once we get in our 40s and 50s, the joints can start to hurt a little bit. And I know in my community, some people have joint issues. They don't want to run. They don't want to jump because of that. But they're frustrated because they want to get the cardio in. Cardio comes in many different forms, and it does not have to be running. (laughs) Just let's make that very clear. I actually do run a little bit, but I'm not a runner. There's a difference. (laughs) I'll go for like 5K and that is enough for me. I don't need to do any more than that. I don't want to do any more than that. I don't particularly enjoy running. I'm enjoying it more at the moment because it means I can get out of the house. Um, But the other couple of things that I would mention um, is bloating. And so at this point, we do start to talk a little bit more about food. So bloating if you suffer with IBS irritable bowel syndrome if you've got food intolerances um you know all these things can cause that bloated tummy you know we've all been out for a meal eating something and we're having to undo the top button <laughs> on our jeans whatever we're wearing Never. because it's got uncomfortable um i i totally have had that um because i suffered for years and doctors kept telling me, oh, it's IBS, it's IBS. Turns out I had food intolerances. So until I became aware of that, I didn't know how to deal with it. And it was quite hard to track. So if you feel like it's a food-related issue in terms of bloating, and, you know, yes, we do need to think about our diet in terms of um, visceral and subcutaneous fat that we might be holding around the body as well, then try and keep a food diary, try and track the types of foods that are starting to cause those um, issues for you. So sometimes onions, cauliflower, broccoli, um, some grains, things like that can really bloat the tummy. And then, you know, if you if it stays like that for a period of time, you then start thinking, well, I've got a fat tummy. It's not necessarily the truth. Um, I know Virginia will come on to talk about more, more about diet in a minute, but the other thing that not many people think about um, with your tummy is posture. Now, this sounds silly, but actually, if you can improve your posture and stand in the right way and stand up a little bit taller, it can actually improve the way that you appear. So if you've got very poor posture and you sink down, you're sitting in your hips, it actually makes your tummy appear much bigger than it actually is. So 
from a ballet background, I have to mention that <laughs> it's a big one for me. Um, is that having that correct posture and carrying yourself well will help to improve the appearance of your tummy if if that is a particular issue. But Virginia, I know um, that you will want to talk now a little bit more about the diet side of things as well. Yeah, but I'm just going to say the po your posture point there is a, is a phenomenal point. And do you know that you can actually take size off your belly and your waistline by vacuum breathing? Which yeah. sounds kind of crazy, but it's that whole feeling of expanding your belly and then sucking it all in as if as if you're like you you have a vacuum there pulling all of the air out of your belly. So whenever I have women in the gym with me, I will always say well, I do the vacuum breathing with them. As a, as a means of flattening down the belly. But I'll always say stand up, shoulders back, mm. um, knees not locked, take your pelvis, tilt the pelvis, take your belly button, feel as if you're taking that belly button and you are sucking that belly all the way into the spine. Back on the shoulders, now you're ready to go. So anytime that you're getting up from a chair, just do those simple things, stand up, shoulders back, Tilt the pelvis, belly button to the spine, retilt shoulders, standing up nice, chest out, and you're ready to go. That takes you a matter of seconds, and that will have a massive effect on the aesthetics of your belly. It's obviously not going to change the size, but it will have a change on yeah. the aesthetics, mm. and you'll be standing differently. You're also tightening up your pelvic floor whenever you do that, which is an issue that a lot yeah. of women to as they get yeah. older I mean, mm. and um, one of the things that I teach I mean obviously with ballet the first thing that you need to learn is posture and it is a lot to think about to begin with because of course if you've had poor posture for a very long time and it it gets worse and worse you know with that kind of iPhone well, slouch and sitting on the sofa <laughs> yeah it's sticking the head forwards and it's so many it's so much pressure on your body when you're standing or sitting in that way so improving that is really important generally to stop discomfort in your back, uh, many other things. One of the things I want to make clear before we go on is that you cannot spot reduce fat from your tummy. I know we talked about exercise and cardio and fat burning and everything. You can't spot reduce fat from your tummy. So whilst that may be some, you know, holding or retaining weight around your midsection is an issue for you. Taking this advice doesn't mean that suddenly it's going to disappear from your tummy. It's, it's got to be a holistic approach, which is why we're talking about sleep and stress and all these other things, because they contribute to it. Ex and, and I think that's what happens when people exercise and they're saying, but I'm doing all the right things. I'm exercising loads and I'm eating well. It's not going necessarily to help because you can't spot reduced fat. So just to add that in there before we start talking about more about the, the dieting and, and yeah. the water retention, of course, you know, bloating and water retention is slightly different things. So if you've got a diet that's high in sodium, for example, you're starting to retain water. So you need to drink more. Um, if you, if you, I mean, you'll know if you suffer with water retention or not. Um, you ju you'll just know. So you need to be careful about your diet to to ensure that that you know isn't also an added um, issue. 
along with the others that we've just spoken about. Yeah, yeah. No, the bloating, and and this is one of the reasons I'm just going to cut out and say it. I absolutely hate juice cleanses. I hate them with a passion, and I hate them with a passion for a number of reasons. Um, I hate them because of the false sense of security that it creates in the heads of people who do these juice cleanses. When you are doing a juice cleanse, you're putting a lot of sugar into your body ordinarily because it's the fruit. You're removing the fiber from your diet. You're generally under eating, so you don't have enough calories in there to support your body. You will lose weight, but majority of weight that you are losing is not body fat. It is fluid from your body. So, so many times I will see people do the juice cleanses and they'll get themselves down to a place. If they do it for a prolonged period of time, they end up putting weight on. It's like this with, with any calorie deprivation diet. I'm very anti-diet. I'm very anti-calorie deprivation. And I'm going to tell you why. So if you diet and go on a diet reducing calories, you will lose weight. But what happens is that nine times out of 10 people will do that, they'll lose weight. Then they'll notice that there's a plateau. And when there's a plateau, they will then reduce the calories even further. And they'll lose a little bit more weight, but on a much slower scale. And And then they're thinking, what am I supposed to do here? I'm now down at a thousand calories and I can't lose any more weight. And then they become very frustrated. And then what they end up doing is they end up um, stress eating because they'll add in, oh, I'm just going to have a couple of cookies because I can't, this is not working for me. There's a reason that it's not working for you. The reason that it's not working is because your body is becoming used to the fact that you are depriving it of calories. So just as we were talking about earlier on with the exercise and the holding on to the energy, your body's doing the exact same thing whenever you undereat. It is holding on to fat to sustain your body because you're starving your body and it's protecting you. So the only way that you'll then be able to lose weight is by increasing your calorie consumption to boost your metabolism to get yourself back to normal again. Now, tell me that I'm not playing head games with you now. Because every time I talk to women (laughs) and say to them that the only way that you're going to be able to get yourself to the place that you want to be is by eating more food. So I actually have a macro calculator on my website and I have my um, ladies go and complete it. And they come back and say, oh, I I can't eat a a hundred and whatever grams of carbs. That's many carbs. Well, it is so many carbs, but I'm not telling you to go and eat six slices of white bread or um, or a, a bucket load of rice or whatever else. Carbs are not just white rice and pasta and bread. There are a multitude of things. They're vegetables too. And it's so easy to get your carbs in without you having to eat junk. So... If you want to lose weight from a dietary perspective, you can eat whatever you want to eat and you never have to starve yourself. All you have to do is eat the right balance 
of protein, carbohydrates and fat. And I guarantee you that it's probably a damn sight more than you think it is. But what you probably are doing is you're probably eating too much fat. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you can't eat too much fat and also eat too many carbs. So there is a bit of science to what you should mm. You can get yourself to a place where you can actually eat whatever you want to eat, still not gain weight. And also yeah. get your body functioning well too. Because one of the things I noticed is when people do calorie deprive themselves, not only do they have that belly fat because the body's in that survival mode, they're also low in energy. And when you're low in energy, you don't have the you don't have what it takes to go out there and do any of the exercise either. So you don't need to diet. I'm not going to go into like all the, the science behind it, but you don't need to diet to lose weight. You don't need to over-exercise to lose weight. And you can actually rest more and sleep more mm-hmm. and lose weight. Yeah. Definitely. And I think the frustration for a lot of people is, you know, they they see themselves losing weight by applying, you know, by exercising and eating healthily. But then it gets to a point where you don't see any movement. And so all these other factors need to be brought into play. And a lot of the frustration I see is is more with the vanity pounds that kind of last seven to 10 pounds that people want to lose. So then they wouldn't be classed as overweight necessarily. They're just not, Mm -hmm. you know, at their comfortable size. And, you know, this isn't our judgment on how anyone wants to look or feel, but this is the feedback that we get from our communities. And so what Virginia was just saying, if you get to that point where you feel like you've plateaued on that last kind of seven to 10 pounds, then it might be that you need to increase your calories a little bit. If you've dropped them right down, you may need to pick them up again because the body is so clever. Um, It wants to look after us and nurture us and keep us safe. And so if it feels like it's being starved, as Virginia said, it will hold on to that fat to protect you. Can I also say something controversial here? Mm -hmm. If you're struggling to get down that last seven pounds, I know me and my controversial, if you're struggling to get down to that last seven pounds, maybe you're not meant to lose that last seven pounds. Maybe your body's actually at its comfortable place. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I will always say to people is, your body's going to tell you when it's at its comfortable weight. And I'm going to tell you what my comfortable weight is. Feet. My comfortable weight is 135 pounds. That's my comfortable weight. If I put on more than that, then as long as it's muscle, I'm I'm good. If I go below that, though, I start to feel sick. I start to feel ill. Mm. I lose energy and I don't feel good. So the body's got a really good way of telling you what's comfortable and where you're supposed to be. And the best way to do that is to do something like work out what you should be eating. So take one of these macro calculators, work out what you should be eating. Get yourself to a place where you're comfortably losing one a pound a week, which is you're going to say, well, I want to lose a lot more than that. If your body's holding too much fat, you will lose more than a period of time. You'll then get to a place where it's maybe a pound. You'll then get to a place where it stops. Your body's probably telling you that that's where it's supposed to be. You can make some minor adjustments. 
but don't push it. Don't mm. don't push it past its comfortable place. Mm. Trust your body, trust your intuition. It knows you a damn sight than you think it does. Yeah. And not too controversial, Sarah, wasn't I? Wasn't no, no, that was quite tame, actually. Um, and to finish that up, one thing I wanted to say was that a lot of the time we assume that people are comparing themselves, their bodies to other women. You know, the Instagram influencers and all these people are posting wonderful shots of their abs and everything. Sometimes, actually, in my experience, a lot of women are comparing themselves now in their 40s, 50s, beyond, to how they were in their 20s. But you have to remember, ladies, that, you know, your body has gone through an awful lot in the last 20 years since you were in your 20s. And you may have given birth to children. It changes the physiology slightly yeah. of your body. Um, you know, we, we're living completely different lives. Our hormone profile has changed. So you've got to cut yourself some slack. You don't need necessarily to get into the same jeans that you wore in your 20s. Go and buy something that feels comfortable if you've got to a point where you, you know, are happy with your shape. And there's no right or wrong weight or shape. You know, there's a healthy spectrum. And yeah. what everything that we've just talked about will assist you and there are tips to help you along towards those goals. But you've got to also remember that every single one of those tips is benefiting you in many, many other ways. Your heart health, your bone health, as Virginia was talking about. You know, once we hit menopause after the age of 50, the incidence in, in heart disease for women doubles. So it's also future-proofing all of these steps that you can take. It's not, it's never just about the belly fat is basically what I'm saying. I know the reality is that a lot of people get frustrated with it. It upsets them. They don't feel body confident, but please don't let that, just that be your focus. All of these other things that you can put into place will help many, many other aspects of your health and fitness as well. Let that be part of the process. You're sleeping better. If, if you've ever read anything about sleep and why we sleep and what the benefits are, it will blow your mind. So many things happen in our sleep. So it's so important to get that. Obviously, it then assists um, with reducing stress levels and helping with tummy fat. But in its own right, that's a really important thing to do as well. So everything that we've just told you, um, you know, it doesn't just have to be focused on your tummy fat. Yeah. I think the thing is still just reiterate, it might not be fat. It might mm -hmm. not be fat. It might be your body's way of telling you that something's not right. And that's why, like, right yeah. at the very beginning, I said, look at what it is. Mm -hmm. um, is it, it, if, it's, if you have that um, midlife spread, is it actual fat or is it the stress? Is it the hormones? Is it your body's reaction to what you're doing to it by over-exercising, by under-eating, by putting it under too much stress, by um, not sleeping enough, not resting enough, and not 
looking at the changes in your body, identifying the changes and then reacting to those. If you drink, if you're drinking, like if you're not drinking a ton of water at the moment and you add that gallonish amount of water into your um, diet over the course of a week, over the course of the day. So make sure that you're drinking that over the course of the day. I'm not guaranteeing you weight loss, but I am guaranteeing you a sense of lightness in your midsection. So that's my one takeaway for, or my, my one gift to you for this. If you want to make one change, make sure that you're drinking at least a gallon of water uh, and do that every single day through the course of the day and then just see how much lighter you feel at the at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely don't leave it and not do it and then realise in the evening you've not done it and then drink it all because that is not going to help your sleep. <laughs> it's not going to help your sleep. Just make sure that that is done and dusted by about 6pm. <laughs> Are we done then? So we'll bring this yeah. one to a to halt for today. You can contact either one of us um, on through Facebook. You can contact us on LinkedIn. Um, Sarah's at Breaking Valley, so you can look her up. I will put the links to her website um, underneath the replay of this. You can contact me at virginiacharnowski.com um, and we're happy to help you. We've got loads of freebies out there as well that help. Um, so, yeah, give us a shout and see if we can be of any more help to you because, you know, as that person who stood on stage as a 40-year-old and... I was in very good shape. I should not have been sitting there worried about my midsection. It took away from everything that was there. And that was just a lack of knowledge of what was going on with my body. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if we can help at all, then just give us a shout. And yeah. otherwise, thanks so much to everyone for listening in today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And I would love to know um, if any of those tips were useful and which of those you're going to start applying. Thank you, Leila. Just saying hello to everyone as well who, who dialed in. Um, I've been trying to post responses to you all, but for some reason I'm getting an error message. So acknowledging everyone who has posted messages. Thanks, guys, for listening in. We'll be back again next Wednesday at the same time. Um, watch out for the announcement on the new topic. And other than that, have a great day. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. bye.